This week, a powerful, feared mob queen fights back against her rivals and swans through Harlem during the overture to the Harlem Renaissance. Take a swig of illicit Canadian whiskey, shimmy into the room like you own the place, and get ready for the glittering 1920s in all its pomp and chaos, right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. This week, Radio Drama Revival is brought to you by Inside Podcasting with Sky Pillsbury. Each episode, Sky interviews the creator of a different podcast, drawing out their histories, their motivations, and their craft. It is, in fact, quite a lot like Radio Drama Revival, except that mercifully, Sky mostly interviews producers of non-fiction podcasts. Although she did interview Ian Chillog about Everything is Alive. So please support the podcast whose talent and skill imperils this one, Inside Podcasting. From In the Dark host Madeline Barron to Slow Burn creator Leon Nafok to untold hundreds of future guests, if you want insightful interviews from a veteran of the worlds of PR, startups, and marketing, Sky's your woman. They've just closed out season one, so you've got a bunch of episodes to queue up for a marathon listening session, just in time for season two. One of the people she's interviewing is legendary tech journalist and certified badass Kara Swisher, founder of Recode and host of Recode Decode and Pivot. So, once again, that's Inside Podcasting. Now, I have a little visualization exercise for you to do if you're not driving. It's cheesy, and I don't care. Now, close your eyes and sit back for a moment and imagine. You're in a smoky lounge, low-lit and glittering. On stage, Fats Waller is skillfully bouncing his left hand all over the keys of a polished upright piano as he winks and blows a kiss at someone beautiful in the front row as he plays Honeysuckle Rose. Someone gently jabs you in the side with their elbow to get your attention. It's sociologist and novelist Zora Neale Hurston. You're sitting on her notebook. This is the Harlem Renaissance, the social and intellectual explosion that took over Harlem for the 1920s. The flourishing time of poets, researchers, and novelists like Langston Hughes and Thurston, foundational jazz musicians like Josephine Baker, Lena Horne, Fats Waller, and Duke Ellington, critics like Alan Locke and James Neal Johnson, it's when Harlem was an epicenter of a rebirth of black arts and cultural power. It's also when mobsters and policy racketeers maintained a powerful grip on money, partially because liquor was illegal and partially because most black people were unable to open bank accounts because of racist Jim Crow statutes. The policy game, a kind of communal lottery, kept money in the community for the purposes of loans, but it also meant that the person running that lottery got quite a bit of money themselves. Stephanie St. Clair was one such person, a black woman from the West Indies who successfully ran numbers games in Harlem until the 40s without ever coming under the thumb of the mafia. She was an activist, patron of black artists and writers, and columnist who reported on police brutality, discrimination, and other issues facing the black community. Madame St. Clair, as she was known, was a fascinating, thrilling woman. And she's exactly the character today's fiction podcast, Harlem Queen, revolves around. What we love about Harlem Queen here at RDR is that it's not going to wait around for you. It gets going, and it expects you to keep up, to know at least a little about the intellectual movements among black Americans in New York in the 1920s. If you hear a name you don't recognize, write it down and look it up later. 
Madame St. Clair has no time to explain it to you. Presented here in its entirety, Season 1 of Harlem Queen by Yane Smith. Sit back, relax, and take a good long drink. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Harlem Queen. I'm Yanni Smith, creator and writer of the series. Our story takes place in Harlem during the early 1920s, the era of the Great Migration, Prohibition, and of course, the Harlem Renaissance. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and spread the word. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Stop gawking, Renee. This ain't no real estate glimpse. This is some barn house, Manos. Hey, just follow my lead, in and out. We go right to the floorboard where the dough is stashed. How do you know where the money is anyways? I have my sources. Who is it? You open the damn door or I'll open it. It might be Shirley. Sit down, bet. My house, my door. Who the hell are you? Hey! Hey! Leave him alone! Get your hands off of me! Ah! I'm the guy who come to relieve you of that 5,000 clams. Like hell you are. You know who I work for. Well, if that's the way you want it. Ah! Oh! <laughs> Killing wasn't part of the plan. Was it? Do whatever it takes. Yeah, but... Get the money before she wakes up. Jackpot. Is that it? Wrapped in a newspaper? No, it's a pastrami sandwich, you dumb schmuck. We, uh, should kill her too, right? Is she a witness? No. But you are. I knew you was dirty, Manos. I knew you was dirty. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. This is a news update regarding yesterday's murder of Martin L. Harris in his apartment on West 145th Street. What appeared to be a daring home robbery is now suspected to be a catalyst for a gang war. Harris's employer is none other than Stephanie St. Clair, self-proclaimed policy queen of Harlem. The other dead man was identified as Jean René, known top gunman for Dutch Schultz, crime boss from the Bronx. Police in three states are on the hunt for René's cohort, George Manos. Manos is a suspect in the case because of his close affiliation with René and because he absconded with the $5,000 that was in Harris's apartment. The finger has been put on Madame Stephanie St. Clair as the next victim of the rival faction led by Schultz. Dutch Schultz is quoted as saying, It's open season in Harlem. I'm prepared to take on every policy bank, numbers runner, and speakeasy bit by bit. Renee was just a casualty of war. As a follow-up, Madame St. Clair is quoted as saying, They better get the hell out of Harlem. I'm ready for war. I've been fighting all my life, and I always win. In spite of the threat on her life, Madame St. Clair will keep her promise to attend Marcus Garvey's annual UNIA parade and perform her duties as mistress of ceremonies. 
In other news, Alayla Walker will host one of her fine soirees at the Dark Tower this evening. Madam Sinclair, must I carry this camera the entire length of the parade? It's not heavy, baby. No, ma'am, but carrying this case and my notepad, it's all a bit cumbersome. I don't see Vanderzee complaining as he takes pictures of Gavi. And my camera is much better than his. Only 33 of those like us exist in the entire world. Yes, ma'am. You showed your face. Don't you think we can leave now? And let that overdressed ape Gavi get all the credit for this parade. No. We have ten more blocks to go. This is a matter of your safety. I'm safer out here than at my house. Can we at least ride in the rolls of Bunky? Everyone else is riding in a car. No rest for the weary, my shawty. It's a waste of gasoline to have Bunky drive the car with no one in it. It's my gasoline to waste. You are doing this in spite. I am a woman of my people amongst my people. Without a bodyguard. Respectfully. Look at my hands. Are you not happy with your manicure? Everything I have was built by my own two hands. Look at my feet. I see a fine pair of T-straps. And on my own two feet. Not by riding in some cheap air banner like that buffoon Marcus Garvey. I came to this country alone. No family, no friend, no foe. So did Garvey. You try going back to Africa on his leaky boats. The Black Star Line is a fun fleet of ships. Eugene and I were thinking of investing. I earn my money from people who think a dime bet will actually make them a wealthy person. Negroes are always looking for that pie in the sky. What sensible Negro would ever want to go back to Africa? He and I are in the same business of exploitation. At least I admit to it, and I know a good scam when I see one. Yes, I'm sure you do. Not only that, but I am to be seen, held, and respected. You understand me? Yes, ma'am. Good. Write that down. We'll put it in next week's Amsterdam News. It is good to see everyone enjoying the annual United Negro Improvement Association Parade. I have a truly delightful announcement on behalf of our very own Queen of Harlem, Madame Stephanie St. Clair. This is it. I refuse to look at Gavi. Tell me how he looks. He's... he's sitting up in a seat. Looking over here, too. Madame St. Clair has been an upstanding businesswoman in Harlem for several years. Now he... he looks surprised. If I was all the way white, I'd be tickled pink. Madame St. Clair has offered five scholarships to five deserving young women to study at the Black Cross Nurses League. And five scholarships to five deserving young men to attend the UNIA's Mechanical School. He's getting out of his car, walking around, shaking hands, patting youngins on the head. I guess now he's going to start walking. You're welcome. It's about time somebody brought some class to this organization. Oh, uh, excuse me, Madam Sinclair. I'm applying for one of them ships you got. Uh, just come up from Lincoln, Georgia. Mechanicals is a fine skill to take on, uh, a mighty fine skill. You are very welcome. Work hard and make the Negro race a fine people once again. Ruby. Yes, madam. Take my picture with this young man for Sunday's paper. Uh, nobody had never had my picture taken, ma'am. Relax. Look right into that circle on the front of the pretty little box. Enjoy your parade, madam. Merci. You too. We get manos. Once we get Manos, we get the scoop on Schultz, and we get to Schultz before he gets to me. 
The police are already looking for Manos in three states. The police are a bunch of caught up crackers. How are we gonna find Manos? He's hiding in plain sight right here in Harlem. Why would he do that? A white man in Harlem stands out like a sore thumb. I ran with stupid bimbos like Manos when I first came to this country. Goons like him underestimate the intelligence and allegiance of colored folks. He doesn't think anyone in Harlem will turn him in. The fellas have been searching the cat houses, clubs, and speakeasies since yesterday. Shouldn't we call on Mr. Halstein and the others? Their finger wasn't put on them, so they are not worried. They're too dumb to realize that if I go down, they'll be next. It's up to me to nip this in the bud. Be the smart piggy in a brick house. What the hell is going on? You Manos? No, no! No, no, I swear! Hmm. How do I know you're not Manos? I come up here every week. Ask Bernadette! Manny. Manos. Yeah? Stop staring out that window and come finish this game of Bidwit. God, I'm sick of playing cards, Betty. Lennox Avenue will look the same in ten minutes as it did five minutes ago. I need some air. It was your idea to hold up in here. Should have left Dodge two days ago. Why don't we just go to Atlantic City or something? We ain't going nowhere. Coppers will get tired of looking for me in another day or two. And once Schultz clips St. Clair, I make my move. We could just pay the coppers off. Oh, pay off the entire police force in three states? Once we're through grease and palms, we won't be able to rub two wooden nickels together. My head is killing me and the swelling over my eye still hasn't gone down. That Renee was a bulldog. Nobody told you to go at him like that. You was just supposed to get Martin to the door. Now let me see your face. It's healing up good. You still look like the cat's meow. Thank you, babe. But I don't know why you had to go ahead and kill the both of them. A bruising would have sufficed. How many times do I gotta go over this with you? We needed Renee dead to put the heat on Schultz. And didn't you want Harris dead for all that shit he done to you? The five grand makes up for all that, right, babe? That's the best part of the plan, sweetheart. I need something for this pain. I'll ankle and get you something. You can't go out there. Give me that cabbage. But Manny... Stop yapping and pass it over. How much? All of it. All 5,000? I'll turn it into 10 large in 10 minutes. And then we can talk about Atlantic City. You sure? Hey, don't be a mook. No stops at petting zoos. You read me? Betty, you're my sweetheart. I am offended. Uh-huh. I'll be back in two shakes. Don't go to bed without me. Give me some good luck. Come on, baby, come on. Let's see those sweet, sweet berries. You coming with me, Manos. I ain't the guy you're looking for. You fit the description. I'm telling you, you got the wrong guy. What's this? You cheap shit. You got a little five large and only spent two bits on pussy and booze? I don't know what you're talking about. Booze is prohibited. And I'm earning, not burning. You understand me now? I don't talk, Jig. But me. Will you bunk? If we untie you, you promise to be a good boy. Fuck you. You mighty light-haired and blue-eyed to be a Jew. I ain't no greedy, grimy Jew. Italiano. I ain't no oily wop neither. No matter. All you white boys are the same. That's good. You did okay. 
planting yourself in the heart of Harlem. Would have made a clean sneak too, but... But you are too fond of the chippies. Colored dames can't keep their hands off of me. <laughs> you ain't that smart, Manos. But you're smart enough to put one of my best men six feet under. Which is why I have decided that you will work for me. You will replace my man that you killed. <laughs> I ain't gonna work for no broad. Poor choice of words. You need some hang out. Hey! 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 What are you doing? Don't move so much. You'll fall not because Bonky drops you, but because you'll slip out of those rags you call pants. Hey! Bring me in! Bring me in! Close your eyes on the way down. Nothing worse than seeing a dead body with his eyes bulged open. Please! Please, Madam Queen! Better choice of words. Ah! Oh. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Thanks, Bonk. Dinner, madame? Yes, in a minute. Pooch? Manos. Huh? Yeah, thanks. Nice, good giggle water. My mother's recipe. It's hard to find the right herbs here in Alam, but we manage. Have a seat. I'd rather sit here on the floor. Suit yourself. As I was saying, you will play my numbers using Schultz's runners. Well, they ain't gonna want to work for you. How much does Schultz pay? Ten cents on a bet, twenty if there's a hit. But he says he'll go back to twenty thirty when this tax case is over with. I'll pay thirty and fifty on a hit. I can't go back to the Bronx. They're gunning for me. Coppers will be paid to look the other way, until I tell them otherwise. What about Schultz? What about him? I got pinched. Then you better watch your back. Or can I have a couple of your boys for protection? My men are not in the business of taking lead for you. Why ain't your patsy? Bunky, open the window. No, no. I'll take my chances. Good boy. Do as I say, and your chances are very good with me. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. Tonight, Opportunity Magazine will host its contest winner's dinner at the New York Civic Club in downtown Manhattan. The festivities will bring out the finest and brightest stars of our new Negro era. Writers, Zero Neil Hurston, Langston Hughes, sculptor, Augusta Savage, philosopher, Elaine Locke, just to name a few, have received invites to this year's dinner. You sure this is the right joint, Schultz? Yeah, I'm sure. It's listed in the papers. It's ritzy for coloreds. Look <laughs> at the ice on that sheep. We going in? No. Cut the motor. We wait for Sinclair to come out. I got all the time in the world for this spade. She ain't gonna get away with using my own runners against me. If I can keep Lucky Luciano out of my territory, I sure as hell can keep her out, too. You drive when I tell you to drive. Got it, boss. I am looking forward to dancing with my wife after dinner. Oh, oh, Eugene, I, I can't sweat. It'll make my hair go back. A little dancing won't mush your hair, Ruby. I look like I'm wearing a dish rag. You look lovely. Thank you, darling, but everyone else is wearing satin and chiffon. Why are you so concerned about what others are wearing? I feel underprepared and overwhelmed. Look, that's Zora Neale Hurston and Wallace Thurman over there in a heated debate. 
and Reverend Adam Clayton Powell is ministering to W.E.B. Du Bois right across the room. I'm surprised at you. You've been in the company of folks like this before. At Fisk, you certainly held your own among scholars and dignitaries. That don't matter here. This is Harlem. You are now amongst the talented tenth. We both belong here. Good Lord. What are you wearing? I should go home and change. Good idea. Silly idea. I give you ten dollars to buy something decent to wear. What she's wearing is more than decent. Men always want their beautiful wives to look homely. I meant for you to buy something fancy to wear. No secretary of mine should be seen at such a public affair wearing a dish rag. I'm going home. You will not. Madame Sinclair, Ruby is here as my wife and not as your secretary. Ruby, they are about to give the awards to the winners, and I want you to be here when they give me mine. Of course, darling. You can sit in the back. Did you deliver my message to Johnson? Yes. And he will be sure to announce it this evening. Of course. It's good to see you, Stephanie. In spite of everything. Bonsoir, Casper. We need to squat that rabbit, Schultz. Any attack on one of us is on all of us. We'll keep Schultz in his place. I have one of his bimbos working for me. And we pull the rug out from under him. Promised his runners 20 and 50 on a hit. You want a book? That's steep, Stephanie. What about a few punks to raid Schultz's candy stores? The bulls are taking care of that. Uh-huh. I'll take it alone alone, as usual. I did not say that. You self-depreciating girls need to wake up. Know your own yours, Casper. Your problem, Stephanie, is that you're too quick to go on the defense. You need not to be so sensitive. Do you think I would be where I am today if I was a pushover? Don't let your insecurity undermine your strength. <laughs> Ruby. Yes, ma'am. Make sure Johnson makes my announcement. I will remind him directly. Time for dinner. That woman is too preoccupied with appearances. And you are being badly influenced. As she should be. It isn't easy being a woman running her own business. Business? Why is she even here? She made a significant contribution to tonight's awards. In fact, she donated the same amount as Halstein. Well, I don't want her money. (laughs) But you'll take Halstein. That's different. He sponsored last year's contest. He underwrites the cost of Opportunity Magazine. He runs a policy bank. He's a racketeer. Just like Stephanie. I do not want you working for her. We are not going to discuss this again. And certainly not here. Oh, fine. She pays me $50 a week. My mother was lucky if she earned $2 a week washing laundry. Oh, at what cost? One of her business associates was just murdered in his own apartment. I told you, I'm her social secretary. I'm in no way affiliated with her business. I see I was not the only one who didn't realize tonight's event required formal attire. Langston Hughes. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, Eugene Washington, my wife, Ruby. Weary Blues, that is a fine piece. Why, thank you. As is yours. Call to glory. Your use of the Negro dialect reminded me of Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) There would be no us, of course, if it weren't for Dunbar. (laughs) Indeed. I must say, I am surprised your poem placed at all. You know Mr. Johnson frowns upon the use of the Negro dialect. He believes it makes the Negro look unintelligent. Both of my parents spoke that way, and they were the most intelligent folks I ever knew. Very well read. 
Good evening to our honorees, generous patrons, and distinguished guests. Uh, tonight's affair is a celebration of our finest Negro writers, artists, philosophers, and activists. And because of this current era of Negro consciousness, we have proudly taken on the appellation of the New Negro, which was so fittingly introduced to this generation by Elaine Locke. And a special thank you... Here we go. ...to Casper Holstein, who is not only a patron of tonight's dinner, but a sponsor of our writing contest as well. Thank you all for attending, and for this evening's listening pleasure, we have Duke Ellington and his orchestra. And this some shit. Ruby, what the hell happened? I, I don't know, madam. I, I delivered the $500 check to him yesterday morning, I telephoned this morning, and I just reminded him. I got beef. With you, Johnson. Beg pardon. If it weren't for me, you would not enjoy that filet mignon. I don't know what you mean. What I mean is you didn't thank me for being a sponsor of tonight's dinner, nor the writing contest. Is there a problem, Charles? Yes, you need to thank me too. Madame St. Clair, I assumed that because of recent events, that you would not care for the attention. I would have appreciated the good publicity to offset the band. You know what I think? I think you don't appreciate my contribution to your bourgeois new nigger era as much as you appreciate Casper's. His money's just as dirty as mine. I'm the only one in this room who clears 30 grand a month. I write checks so y'all can write your poems and plays and travel to Mexico and Haiti to do your research and to celebrate nobody but yourselves. Get your hands off of me, Casper. All y'all need to hear that you wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. The numbers queen, Madame St. Clair. I will not be ignored by my own people. I forbid you to chase after that woman. Get a job, and then you can tell me what to do. That was unnecessary. Go chase yourself, Casper. Bonky, get my mink, would you? I have your mink and purse right here. But Mr. Holstein has a point. You should stay and be gracious, endearing. It's what respectable businesswomen do. I know what respectable businesswomen do. I just don't want to do it. Then you will not earn the respect you deserve. Perhaps the approach to Johnson was a little off-putting. He's just another monkey that needs to be charmed. I'm listening. I suggest you invite him to a luncheon. Applaud him for his upstanding work on behalf of the race. And respectfully offer your support money, and voice for his magazine. Opportunity magazine reaches 100,000 Negroes. It is a respected journal of literature and politics. Amsterdam News is just a rag. <laughs> but you can certainly publish in both. I value your thoughts, Ruby. <laughs> Thank you. Then you'll come back inside. No, you will come to me. You make the appointment. Bonky, bring the rolls around. Right away, madame. That's a bodyguard. She won't be far behind. Start the engine. Ruby, please, come back inside. I'm making sure Madame St. Clair gets off all right. She's a grown woman. She can take care of herself. Will you be all right, madam? Since when do you need her permission? Yes, my shari. You see? Let's go dancing. Okay. See you in the morning, madam. Don't dance too much and make your eye go back. Can't deny the fact that the colors do make some real good music. That her? Yeah. You ready? Pull up close to a car. Kill the bodyguard, too. Got it. 
Oh dear, I still have Stephanie's purse. Give it to her tomorrow. Let's go. Madame! Madame Sinclair! Thank you, Bonk. Stephanie, your purse! Ah! Michelle, get to Michelle. Stephanie! Ruby. Ruby! Oh, my darling. We got him. Two crows for the price of one. So-called queen is wearing a Chicago overcoat. Next, we bump off Halstein, and that Coontown Harlem is mine. My love, you're gonna be all right. Stay in the car, Stephanie. Je suis bien. C'est va. Get Ruby. Bring her to the car, Eugene. No, no, an ambulance will be here soon. Get her in the car. She'll be dead by the time the ambulance for colors gets here. Eugene, please. Her car is faster. Okay, we're gonna get you to the hospital. <sighs> Come on. If she dies, madam, I will never forgive you. I won't forgive myself. I am hospital bunky. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Numbers queen, Madame St. Clair, was shot at last night's Opportunity Magazine's contest winner's dinner. St. Clair and her secretary were rushed to Harlem Hospital, where both women were treated for bullet wounds. St. Clair was released from the hospital this morning. The other woman is in stable condition. The alleged gunman is Dutch Schultz, who declared war on Harlem's numbers queen after the murder of one of his henchmen by St. Clair's top numbers runner. Will she retaliate? There's no doubt. Manos, the man who got away with $5,000 of the dead man's money, is still at large. No arrests have been made. In other news, a Columbia student faces a long prison sentence for serving alcohol at a speakeasy. Cut the fan, will you, Betty? Where are you going so early, Manos? The Bronx, to see Mr. Kelly about something. What? I don't want to collect bets forever. The plan was for me to start my own game. Collecting for Stephanie is better than running for Schultz. And she takes good care of her people. But the view here on Riverside Drive is much nicer than the view on Linux. I ain't satisfied with being one of her gimps. If you didn't go running in the streets to play rats and mice, you wouldn't have got yourself caught by Bunky, and you'd have five large to start your own policy bank. Hey, dry up, Betty. I got an ankle. I can find out who else is holding Kale. I put enough Biggie six feet under. Hey, put a dollar on 503. Dreamt about fish last night. I have rehearsal all day. 
The show is at nine. Stay out of trouble. Always, sweetheart. Mm. Your pressure is good. Your wound is healing well. No sign of infection. You're a very lucky woman, Madame Sinclair. You'd have to do more than spit a bullet against my hip to get rid of me. How's the pain? We Negroes are used to pain. I will prescribe uh, painkillers to help you rest. Merci, Dr. Benson. Je vous en prie. Monsieur Banqui. Would you like tea in the parlor, madame? Yes. Please help me downstairs. Thank you, Bonk. What would I do without you? I often wonder what I would do without you, Stephanie. Your tea, madame? Merci. Is someone at the hospital with Ruby? Yes. Halstein sent a bimbo. Good. That's the very least he could do. And who do we have here? Henry out front and Tump out back. Ruby will be happy to know that I have not one, but two bodyguards. She sent a message to you. The surgery went well. And the hospital bill. Did you send the payment? Yes. Zora Neale Hurston is here to see you. Oh, right. The Gucci. She can come in. What are we going to do about Schultz? Don't worry. We'll discuss Schultz when I'm finished with Alson. Let me know when Manos arrives. Then, we leave promptly at 10 to go and get Ida. I want to get to Michelle's school in time for lunch. Good morning, Madame St. Clair. Thank you for allowing me to call on you. Glad you are making a speedy recovery. That is a beautiful tea set. Imported? Of course. They don't make fine china on 145th Street. Would you like something? Thank you. Wallace and I are preparing an anthology. Wallace? Wallace Thurman. Ah, yes, the radical from California. You are in cahoots with him. We are publishing an anthology of Negro poetry and short stories titled Fire. I have a broad collection of folk tales told to me directly from the Negroes across the South. Plenty of Brawl Rabbit tales. Yes, Brawl Rabbit is very similar to our goatee in my country. And those tales were inspired by the Nancy Tales of Africa. Is that right? Yes. I'm here to ask for your sponsorship. Yes, I know. I would need $200 for travel expenses to my hometown in Florida, just so I can collect some of the songs the old folks used to sing. 200 for travel to the swamps of Florida. I have to get down there quickly because there's this sweet old woman in her deathbed, born a slave in 1860, and she remembers all the songs the African captives sang when she was a youngin' on a plantation in Georgia, I believe. We are not slaves anymore, Zora. Why even celebrate slavery? What benefit does the new Negro gain in knowing old work songs sung by tired old slaves? Oh, they are much more than old work songs. They were songs of faith and hope, and even plants to steal away. Fascinating. We are a strong-willed people, aren't we? Yes, we are. Validation is important to uplift the Negro. 
Bonky will write you a check. Thank you, Madam St. Clair. Your support will go on record as a contribution to the advancement of colored people. Is Austin contributing to this anthology? No, I came to you because, quite frankly, that you're more my type of people. Perhaps your collection of gospel songs should be called To the Heavens or God is Watching or Their Eyes Were Watching God. Sounds prolific. Hmm. Too long, but good. I'll keep it in mind. Good morning, Mr. Kelly. Hey, Manos. What you got for me? Well, that's a bigger sack than usual. Yeah, business is good. Nobody can resist a 600 to 1 payout. You thought about what I asked you? Uh, I, I'm not in. Schultz came down on a lot of shops because they stopped taking his bets. He's determined to get his money one way or another. I'm lucky I'm still in business. I can't confuse things by starting a policy bank with you. Taint my racket. All I need is five yards. At $500? Do I look like Rockefeller? I sell apples for a living. I got the money to come here to this country by winning a bet. You should do the same. Here, I got some nice oranges from Florida. Thanks, Mr. Kelly. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey. Why are you following me? I, I just want to play a number. I don't take the bets no more. No, I mean dispiace, but but I already you I see you already pick up from the barbers. How much? Okay, name is a sal of uh, uh just a two bits on the four nine two. A four nine a two. Grazie. Would you like some water, Ruby? Thank you, Eugene. You really ought to go home and get some rest, Eugene. There's a bodyguard at the door. I'll be fine. I'm not leaving you, Ruby. Come in. Mr. Halstein. What beautiful flowers. Thank you. I came to see how the bodyguard was working out. Uh, having him at the door uh, does give a, a certain peace of mind. <laughs> I would like to offer to you and Ruby my Long Island estate for her recuperation. Oh, Ruby can recuperate here, Mr. Halstein. Uh, thank you. Mrs. Washington, we have to take you for an examination. Um, what we need from you, what, what I need from you, uh, is a job. I can write and edit for Opportunity Magazine, and you are on the board, aren't you? Yes, but I have no say in the editorial staff. That is managed by Charles Johnson and Jesse Fawcett. Oh, well, um, <clears throat> as you may know, I am the winner of the writing contest. So Mr. Johnson and Miss Fawcett are already familiar with my work. I can make arrangements. <sighs> Thank you, Mr. Halstein. And the salary? $30 a week. Oh, but I would need to earn at least 50 a week. Uh, that's what Ruby was earning. If you are good with numbers, I could use the help at my business office. Oh, I'm a writer, not a bookie, Mr. Halstein. I pay my bookkeepers $100 a week. <clears throat> well, uh, what would the work entail? My business is a risky business, Mr. Washington. 
That's why the pay, it is what it is. Mr. Halstein, thank you for the offer, but no. I would appreciate the position of opportunity. I'll find another job as a, a porter or a doorman to earn more money. You would rather earn $32 a week instead of $100 a week? Okay. Eugene, did you just say no to a job that pays $100 a week? I turned down a job that could get me in prison or killed. I would like to go to your Long Island estate to recuperate, Mr. Holstein. Ruby. A hospital is no place to get well, Eugene. It smells of sickness and death in here. I will send a car for you tomorrow and arrange for a nurse. Manos is here. Good. Let him in. Your mansion is like the Armory Museum. Is that original artwork? Manos, have a seat. You're going to arrange a meeting with me and Schultz at this club in the Bronx tonight. I won't get my left foot in the door before they spray powder. Send a message to Schultz that you are in with me and you can help him bump me off. That's an elaborate scheme. Why don't we just go in there and fill him with lead? Because the Bronx Zoo had a Negro man on exhibit with the apes. If you go to the Bronx to bang up Schultz, the entire town will string you up on a lamppost on the Grand Concourse before sunrise. I won't let that happen again. I'm willing to take that chance. No. I have to stick it to Schultz by using his own color people. His joint don't allow colors. Just make sure he's there. Business in the Bronx has been real good. Yes, it has. I do this... I want a bigger piece of the pie. We can talk about that after we sing Schultz. Everything is arranged for the meeting with Schultz tonight, Manos? Yes, 8 o'clock, madam. Good. And you made the phone calls to the people I told you to call? I even talked my best Queen's English. Hi, Bion. I will see you then. Bonky, it's 10 minutes to 10. Get the car ready. Yes, madam. That's enough of the giggle water, Ida. Your mother's recipe always helps my nerves, Stephanie. 
You will not arrive at Michelle's school smelling like camel piss. I know how to put on social airs and graces. I always play the role of Michelle's guardian to a T, don't I? Those eggs at your daughter's glitzy school make me nervous. They don't suit me. They don't have to suit you. I pay you good money to look good and schmooze with them. And you always get your money's worth, don't you? I better. If they're turning their noses up at me, how can you stand how they treat you? I've been treated worse and only in this matter it's worth the humiliation. Wingate is one of the best schools in this country, and my child is always going to have the best. Stephanie, I'm eternally grateful to you. If it weren't for you, I'd have been left dead in a ditch 15 years ago. Now I got a good life. Couple of goons. Rich goons are, are goofy on me. And it's because of you and the setup. It's only because we read each other like a book that I feel comfortable telling you this. I'm listening. It's time for your daughter to know that you are her mother, especially since you almost got killed. <laughs> Schultz didn't come close. You don't want to die leaving her alone not knowing the truth. It's not that simple either. It's safer for her this way. A girl at Michelle's age needs a mother. A real mother. Not two old hens she believes to be her guardian and maid. And who visit her every other week and shower her with presents. Child is spoiled. And long overdue a whooping for the way she talks to me and you. The Bible says you should spare the rod in order to spoil the child. It's not how my papa interpreted that scripture and I was nowhere near being spoiled. God bless Michelle to look white. So she will continue to live as a white. She has your headstrong blood, Stephanie. I think she'd be mighty proud to be colored. Adam Clayton Powell could be one of my uncles, and he's a proud Negro. I'm only thinking of Michelle. Michelle has a beautiful life. A life I could not even imagine having. She is educated, connected, rich. She'll marry a wealthy boy and be an integral part of high society. It's time, Stephanie. That shooting was a signification. And if you don't tell her, then I will. I will kill you before you get a chance to tell her. There are plenty of deserted country roads here in upstate New York. That was mighty hurtful, Stephanie. Me and Bunky are the only friends you have on this earth. And you don't have to treat me like trash. I don't want you to have any regrets, Saul. As long as Michelle is living the beautiful life I want for her, I will regret nothing. Fine. You win. I always win. Put the booze down, fix your hair, and put on some lip rouge. There's Mrs. Calhoun. Go invite her to tea. That boring old Dora? Last time she came to tea, I fell asleep. Snored so loud the china rattled. We should invite the Hawthorns. They are a hoot. Mr. Calhoun is president of Steel Brothers. They manufacture automobile tires. I know who they are. Next week at my villa in Irvington. Hello, Ida. Hello, Michelle. I'm going to say hello to some people. What did you bring me, Stephanie? Excuse-moi. Bonjour, ça va? Bien, merci. Here, Ida told me to spare no expense. Is it the dress? Open it and see, mon chérie. It's the blue one. I wanted the yellow one. Oh, but the blue goes so much better with your dark hair. I invited the Calhouns for tea, the Rapiers for dinner, and the Morgans for brunch. Can we have the Duponts for dinner during my next visit, Ida? The Delaware Duponts? 
Yes, yes, that will be fun. William is a dob. Is he sweet on you too? He hasn't asked to be my escort to Lizzie's cotillion yet. Why don't you go talk to him, Ida? Oh no, don't do that, Ida. I don't want him to feel obligated. I want to eat lunch in the dining room today. William and I have been sitting at tables within proximity to each other. Colored folks can't go in the dining room, Michelle. You don't mind, do you, Stephanie? No, I, I don't mind. I see William going to the dining room with his parents. Abiento. Your dress. Put it in my room. Please. I can't go in the dormitories either. I'll leave it with the concierge. I will take it to the concierge. You go and eat with the other parents and guardians. All the cabbage you plant in this place, and you can't even sit in the dining room and eat a butter sandwich. Be sure to invite the Duponts to dinner. I will. I know a good opportunity when I see one. This is the place. Manos, you go in fast. Bunky and I will go in in five minutes. She's outside. Good. Bring her in the back door. Well, can I have a drink first? Sure. After you kill that fake French bitch, you can have all the drinks you want. Listen, don't worry about making a mess. That's where the butcher guts his hogs. Well, I have to drink alone? All right. Pour me a couple specials. I'll meet you out back. First, I gotta hit the John. You said to go to the back. No. We will go to the front door. He's in the John. You stay outside the bathroom door, Mamos. Don't let anyone in. Madame St. Clair. What, are you going to shoot me with my pants down? I thought you French broads had class. By the time you reach for your pistol, Bunky will have your brain splattered against the wall with the rest of the shit in this hole. Manos, there you are. From where I'm standing, Madame St. Clair, it looks like he's about to put a bullet through your head. Go ahead, shoot Manos, I don't mind the mess. Thank you, Manos. That was your clientele's warning shot as a courtesy. You stay down short, or I will put a bullet in your back. Yeah, this setup won't work. The bulls won't even arrest me. They know better. It isn't just the coppers coming for you. Dewey the DA is on his way, too. His palms have been itching to put you in the can for not paying your taxes. Dutch Schultz, you're under arrest for selling alcoholic beverages and for being the proprietor of an establishment that propagates illegal gambling. Joseph? I want these kids christening. Just doing my job, Dutch. You'll beat this rap. But Dewey is in the back office going through all your books. This ain't gonna stick, St. Clair. You reap what is so, Schultz. Au revoir. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. In today's headlines,
crime boss, Dutch Schultz, was arrested last evening at his Bronx speakeasy for illegal gambling and possession and selling of alcohol. District Attorney Thomas Dewey promptly added charges of tax evasion. Schultz was released on $15,000 bail and has retreated to his Fieldston estate. His hearing will be next month. With the mad man of mayhem out of the picture, has the numbers war in Harlem come to an end? All is quiet on Lenox and 145th Street for now. In social events, Casper Hallstein hosted a literary gathering at his Long Island estate last evening. Drink, Stephanie. Thank you. Did you send my message to Ruby? Yes. Do you think it's safe for Michelle to live with me? I don't know, Stephanie. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Langston Hughes, and in honor of Madame St. Clair's swift recovery, I would like to share a portion of a poem that I wrote, titled America. I am America. America, the dream. America, the vision. America, the star-seeking eye. Out of yesterday, the chains of slavery. Out of yesterday, the ghettos of Europe. Out of yesterday, the poverty and pain of the old, old world. The building and struggle of this new one. Enjoying the sun, Mrs. Washington? Yes. It feels good, Mr. Halstein. And where's Mr. Washington? Only in the garden. Probably writing a poem. I never imagined there would be an Italian villa in New York. It's beautiful. I had it built as an engagement gift. You're married? The villa indoors. The marriage did not. <sighs> Walking through your lovely garden would do me some good. Would you mind joining me, Mr. Halstein? My pleasure. I believe I can do the job you offered Eugene. You're in no condition to work. The bullet went through my gut, not my head. I can sit at a desk and count. Your husband will not approve. I wouldn't have to take the job if he did. I admire his integrity, but to work two jobs when he only has to work one? That's a bit foolish. And your allegiance to Stephanie? is steadfast. But it doesn't mean I can't pursue other opportunities. At Eugene's pace, we'll never get to where we want to go. And where do you want to go? I'm intelligent. I speak well. I write well. I want to be amongst the leaders and molders of our people. Like Ida B. Wells? Yes. I can get you to that place, Mrs. Washington. Once you have regained your strength, I will introduce you to the chair of the Negro Women's Club. Thank you, Mr. Holstein. I won't disappoint you. In exchange for my time and effort, I will call on you for a favor once in a while. What kind of favor? I am committed to my marriage. You are a very attractive woman. But I am talking business. It would benefit us both if you did go back to work for Stephanie. A $50 a week? I will pay you another 50 if you kept me abreast of Stephanie's business transactions. Why? She's no threat to you. And I would like to keep it that way. 
You may call on me for those favors. I will give you all the information you want, but only within a month's time. That is a good start, Mrs. Washington. More espresso, Mr. Luciano. You want something done right? You gotta do it yourself. Should've known that Schultz had no business savvy. Never even bothered to keep his nails clean. Vito! Yes, sir. Get the car. Time I paid that policy queen a visit. Madam St. Clair, thank you for allowing me to pay my respects on such short notice. I haven't had a gentleman kiss my aunt before. It's good to finally meet you, Mr. Luciano. Please have a seat. Call me Lucky. Pane. Uh, bread. My godmother baked it this morning. Merci. I think we got a lot in common, Madame St. Clair. Really? How is that, Mr. Luciano? We both lived through some hard knocks. Grew up on scraps, but was still strong. We are both smart businessmen. And lucky. We oui, just say. But luck has nothing to do with my success. You're clever, Madame St. Clair. So I am here to propose a reasonable business partnership. Is that right? With territory in Harlem and the Bronx, you've grown quite an empire. I will do you a favor and not disturb your numbers game. That's solid. You got Harlem, you got your kid Manos in the Bronx. He won't hurt nobody. Nobody will hurt him. I'll make sure of it. If you allow me to pass dope to a handful of runners, just for starters. You want me to sell drugs to my people? It's more lucrative than the numbers. I will not destroy my community that way. Your buddy Halstein is in. I don't believe you. Ask him yourself. We are very civil here in Harlem, Mr. Luciano. And despite the widespread stereotype about Negroes, we do not cannibalize one another. Holstein would never sell dope to his own people. Bisogna sapere ferrare la cosione pei capelli. Opportunity only knocks once. This will happen, with or without your blessing. Hustlers are hustlers, whether it be numbers or dope. Pay them, and they'll do the job. Thank you, show Mr. Luciano the door. I made an effort to come all the way uptown to make a good impression and to be polite. I don't gotta be polite no more. You bring that shit uptown, and I will get you too, Mr. Luciano. You may be lucky, but I am a fighter. I don't want to see your face again unless it's looking up from a casket. <laughs> Enjoy the bread, madam. Bonky, put the call out to Austin, Miro, and to everyone else. If they are not with me, they are against me. And they won't want to be against me. Cut the fan, will you, Betty? Where are you going so early again, Manos? I gotta see Mr. Luciano about something. Lucky Luciano? Yeah. Where's my tie? What do you want to see you about? I'm in charge of the runners in the Bronx, so he's offering me the opportunity to have a side hustle. Luciano is a dope dealer. Do you know that? 
I ain't gonna make no heavy sugar selling tomatoes. Does St. Clair know? Well, she don't know. Won't hurt her. Gentlemen, thank you for coming. I have asked you all to come here today because there is yet another attempt by an outsider to take over our territory. We can't expect our runners to turn on our way to make money. If any of my runners sell drugs, they will not work for me again. I will not entrench myself in such filth. Stephanie, I need to talk to you. Michelle's been kidnapped. Monsieur. You can support Harlem Queen and creator Yane Smith on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash harlemqueen and by following them on Twitter at Audio Harlem. You can also learn more about Harlem Queen, Stephanie St. Clair, and Yane Smith and Gabrielle Adkins by tuning in next week when my brilliant colleague Elena Fernandez-Collins sits down to talk history, dreams, and the sound of Harlem. You can support our work on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. And you can follow us on Twitter at Radiodrama. Visit our website at radiodramarevival.com where you can read our bios and investigate our archive. And now, your moment of will. Hello, listener. I have missed you. In order to make up for last week, I'm going to give you two moments of will in one. The first is in honor of our interview with Sarah Ray Warner last episode. I want you to watch a video called Women in Space, NASA's awkward history with female astronauts, which I'll link in the show notes. It's about real women in space and how we have a ways to go still. And speaking of amazing women, this week's trivia is going to be about Josephine Baker. Now, David talked about her a little bit in the start of the episode, but Josephine Baker was an amazing person. She was a huge figure of the jazz and vaudeville scenes. She was essentially the biggest celebrity of the Harlem Renaissance, or at least one of them. She was certainly a superstar. She was also a bisexual icon, aka a bicon. But do you know about Josephine Baker's political past? If not, wow, I am so excited to tell you. And I will tell you in next episode's Moment of Will. And hey, listener, people get really excited when you talk about things that you're excited about. Don't feel like you're being too much. You're not. I promise. The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legends fade to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. What I'm trying to say is, it's time for the credits. Our theme music is Danger Diggy Doo by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer and associate interviews producer is Will Williams. Our senior interviews producer is Eli McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Elena Fernandez-Collins and Rashika Rao are our submissions editors. Our social media manager is Anne Baird. 
Our executive producer is Fred Greenhalge. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. <laughs>